Welcome to this, the 12th episode of the Future Barn Podcast. Podcast where I explore what it means to be a good person um, in a small town like my hometown of Elwood, Indiana. It seems to be a lot right now that we're talking about the way people think through things, make decisions, um, and live their everyday life uh, in that hopeful quest to be uh, a better person. This week, I'm talking with uh, Michael Downhower, um, who's someone I've known uh, much of my life, but who's someone I haven't seen in over a decade, and he is um, an important part of this community. He works for the uh, maintenance department, and one of his big roles, which we talk about a good bit, is uh, putting up all the Christmas lights in town. Uh, he's also a fellow disc golfer um, and a trivia enthusiast. And he's also a Trump supporter, and that's one of the reasons why I want to talk about, um, I think, leading up to this election, I wanted to um, talk to people from various uh, political camps and just talk to them, not in a antagonistic way, not in a, um, even in a debate way, but in a uh, getting to know you and getting to understand your process as um, a free thinker uh, and as someone making the political decisions about how they're going to use their vote and stuff like that. Um, I'm very happy with this conversation. I'm a little rambly um, as I'm trying to manage my own uh, and hold back my own political viewpoints and also uh, kind of uh, get Michael to open up about his. But yeah, overall, I'm very uh, stoked with how this turned out. Very appreciative, Michael, um, for doing this with me. Uh, and yeah, look forward to the couple more coming up, uh, before the election. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you registered to vote. Make sure you have a plan to vote. Um, and if you need someone to talk to you about that, um, I'm, shoot me an email or find, find someone to talk, um, about your plan and about your decision making, um, around your vote. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for Michael Downhower for being the guest, um, and have an awesome week. Like I said, I was wanting to talk to someone who was supporting Trump, and and to talk, kind of talk about the the kind of thought processes behind that, and then, but then I also. Your name keeps coming up to me for many reasons, and you know, like I remember hearing lots of thank yous to you last year about the Christmas lights. Yeah, and then you know, I play disc golf too, and so your name comes up in that, or I see you on the Elwood disc golf page, and so, and then you know, I ran around with your brother Joey as a kid, so um, I was like, well, this seems like a good reason to catch up. Yeah. Um. So thank you for being here, uh, Michael Downhower. Um. Is here in the garage. Yeah, so uh, Lacey uh, Patterson, who will be on this podcast in a few weeks, uh, recommended you for many reasons, but she was on a trivia team with you during the, Is that right? Yeah, we played trivia for a few years on the same team. Because you work with her uncle or something? Yes, yeah. her uncle's my boss. Okay, yeah. Uh, and she said that you are, she, this is what she, she says, you're one of the smartest people she knows. Really? Uh, and she said that you were amazing at trivia. Is yeah. that true? Are you pretty good at trivia? Well, yeah, I mean, 
I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy doing crosswords and uh -huh. I watch Jeopardy more than oh, a yeah. lot of people our age do. Yeah. And I find stuff like that entertaining. So. Yeah, yeah. That was my, I always loved that too. Uh, well, they put it on Netflix. Did you see that? That Jeopardy's on Netflix? Uh-uh. Yeah. So that was my late night, like, can't fall asleep, like some kind of like a uh, little background noise, but also kind of fun. But uh, when my ex-wife and I were together, she would get mad at me because I'd watch it in bed and then she would be trying to sleep and I would be yelling out answers. So I, so I had to change my... It's hard to watch Jeopardy and not say yeah. the answers. And they just brought the weakest link back too. Did, have you seen that? Oh, With no, Jane I Lynch. haven't. Huh? Jane Lynch. Jane hosted. Lynch. Okay. She's fun. She's, she'd be a good host for that. She's mm -hmm. like funny and tough. Um, Some of those questions are a lot easier than Jeopardy yeah. though, but... But when it, that thing's usually in the, that trivia night at Lucky's is usually in like February. Is that yeah. Year? I don't know if they're doing it this year. I don't know if they'll do it or not. It'll be like, but, mm -hmm. but you could easily socially distance. Mm -hmm. I think at something like that, you can set table six feet. Your team will probably be in your circle, any, mostly yeah. in your circle anyways. Um, well, I just thought that I was like, oh, I had no idea um, that you were so into. Uh, and that's actually a. That you were into that. That's actually for charity. It's ran by the Elwood Cares. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, and I know that Larry, doesn't Larry not usually MC yeah, it? Yeah, he, he MCs it. And his mom, I work with his mom, Lori. Okay. She's part of the Elwood Cares that yeah. puts it all together. And um, Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, I talked to Chuck for a little while cause, uh, about possibly doing like a monthly trivia night out there or something. Because I feel like that's something that, El that Elwood could use when i lived in austin every bar and every brewery had a trivia night at some yeah, point yeah that would be fun and i just think it's a good you can it's not too stressful where if you needed to bring your kids or if you need or it's a good excuse to get a babysitter or whatever you wanted to do um and just like once a month it could be fun but then all this hit with the covid and so talk stalled on that right but is that something do you yeah would you go to something like that oh yeah yeah yeah, there's not enough to do around here sometimes. It, it just seems like it's... Yeah, you can only... Yeah, like... Well, I think, too, like, the bowling alleys have such a good space for other things besides mm -hmm. bowling. Like, um, well, I love that arcade they have out there at Lucky's now. That's pretty cool. They have, like, a pretty legit arcade. Yeah. Um, but, well, yeah, that's... Uh, well, because you, you have kids, right? Yes, I have three daughters, and my girlfriend, Kayla, has two. Two so dollars. Five girls. Five together. girls. How's yes, that, man? It's very. It's a challenge sometimes. Yeah, and and it, well, especially right now, yeah. probably too, because a lot more at home time, a lot less. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, doing... Kayla. Kayla kept saying that this quarantine was going to be the death of us. But <laughs> we made it. I was still going to work though, so you were still it's going not to too bad. Yeah, you. Yeah, but, so you work for the city. So what's your what are you in a certain department or what's your official? the maintenance department you're in the maintenance department so you kind of do a little bit yeah. of everything work on the street lights we mow a, we mow a day or two a week during the summer okay fix stuff up at the city building just yeah. kind of jack of all for well the thank city. you for that that yeah. you do a great job everyone i talked to you and the crew that they do a good job there's probably not a huge crew huh how no there's usually it? well the how? first year we did the christmas lights there were yeah there were, we had several people up there, but it's kind of whittled down a little bit to Matt and I, Matt Taylor and I, and okay. then John Deal from the street department comes and helps us too. Okay, but as far as just the, 
uh, maintenance department in general, you just have like a couple of you? Yeah, it's just uh, Mike DeLong, my boss, Lori Nutt, and then Matt Taylor and myself. There you go. Yep. Uh, and how long have you been doing that? Uh, be eight years in February that Great, I've been man. there. Yep. That's a that's one of those jobs I've always been like, I'm too crazy to work right now. Uh, but uh, that's one of those jobs where I've always uh, been like, man, if you can get one of those like where you just kind of you kind of get to be on your own, like they give you yeah. they give you a list and you do your thing and and which is perfect for me because yeah I I think I'm very ADD okay and because I did the whole factory scene and. It's not that I'm a lazy worker. I just can't do the same thing every single I, day. I so feel you. I well, love my job now because it's be something different. Yep. You get to be outside, which I'm sure at some points of the year is a little rough. Yep. But um, you get to be outside. You get um, you just you ride around with the, that du- the other guy. You yep. get to just um, yeah mix things up. That's really great. Well, we appreciate your work, and we appreciate your work on the lights. I know. I remember last year everyone was. Um, singing your praises about that so what so what so that started this week uh you know mid-october and when do you have to when's the goal to have those done uh we turn them on every saturday after thanksgiving every saturday after thanksgiving so you got about a month and a half to get them done and we it takes about every bit of that time every bit of that time okay what uh yeah so do you is it the same do you kind of have it down now, or does it kind of uh, like do do they keep adding stuff or moving stuff around? Or I mean, it, it it's changed up from year to year. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been exactly the same. I would say every year, but I mean, we try to change up the collars on the buildings as far as well. We put blue on this last year. Let's do red on it this year. And, okay. But I mean, as far as the actual process of putting them up, we got that down pretty. Okay. Pretty. Pat. But it's still just a lot of labor. Yes, right? it's, <laughs> it's it's hard on your hands because okay. it's pulling zip ties. I mean, I bet okay. we pulled ten thousand zip ties a piece between now and Thanksgiving. And are you getting on top of the buildings and like draping them down? Is that what you're doing? Uh, we do that on the leasons. Okay. Somebody's on top, and but for the rest of the buildings, we I know people can't see my hand gestures, but yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. For uh, most of the buildings, we have two buckets. A guy. Of, on top okay, and lift, then a guy on the bottom lift yeah and the guy on top pulls the lights up and feeds them down to the bottom person cool and he just holds it until the guy on the bottom gets his two clipped okay yeah because it's one of those things where you see it done and mm-hmm. you're like wow and then but like but then when you start kind of unpacking it, you're like holy shit this is a lot like, yeah this is a this is a lot going on and you know congratulations i saw last year was like as part of one of the like what top eight lights to see in indiana mm-hmm. and stuff yeah like that, that was pretty cool so that that is great for our town but that is also uh awesome uh that you get to be a part of that um do you now can you enjoy that when you're like so like it's it's all up it's after thanksgiving you and the girls go up there like does it feel awesome or does it feel like yeah because like my kids know that i did it so yeah, it's yeah. kind of like yeah look what you know dad's been doing this yeah and this is why dad's been sleeping. I mean, on it kind of, yeah. it, it kind of ruins me of Christmas by then. Cause it's just, Oh, Christmas has been pounding in my face since October 1st. Yeah. 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 So I kind of turned into a Grinch, but, <laughs> but I enjoy it for my girls. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, and yeah, I remember last year, it was my first year back, you know, uh, it was my first Christmas back last year. And like we went down there and I went with some buddies who had kids and just like, you know, that streets, it was like when they were having the parade or whatever mm-hmm. and the streets blocked off and you kind of wonder among it. And it was just, yeah, it was just a really nice, I was like, what, like this is, this is what I'm talking about. Like when I'm saying like, there's something special about a small town about the capabilities of a small town and about um, what a small town can be. And I think that's a big example of it. Um, So thank you for doing that. Um, Well, and then are you also like, man, I'm going to have to take all these down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's a lot colder when we take them down. We usually start taking them down right after the first of the year. Yeah. Yeah, so that... um, but it doesn't take near as long to take them down as it does to sure, put them up. So. Sure, because you're cutting zip ties. Yeah. Yep. Well, very cool. I see you have your Innova hat on. Oh, yeah. Um, so that leads me into wanting to talk about disc golf a little, man, because that's another... You know, I was thinking about this today when I was thinking about our conversation, and I was like, I think one of the main reasons, like maybe a top four reason I moved home was because of the Elwood disc golf. Oh yeah, we have a we have an awesome course. And the club and mm-hmm. the guys that run it and the people that put in work and just like everyone out there, ourselves included, who are just like everyone's looking out for each other, looking finding discs and giving them back and uh there's just a good vibe yeah. out there. And then yeah, and then the course itself is incredible. Do you get to play much these days? I play during during the season, during the warm season, I play the Monday night handicap you week. Do the Monday, see, I Other do a lot of the that, sun, Saturday doubles. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm often out there. I haven't done the. How do you like the Monday night mm-hmm. handicap week? I guess since you've been playing, yeah. Yeah, I use that's really the only time I get to go. So yeah, I usually don't miss that. But well, and that the way that works, I haven't played it. So how does that exactly does that work like on a week to week basis? Uh, for the first, for the it's eight dollars a week to join. Okay the handicap league for the first three the first three weeks you're not eligible for any type of payout you have to establish your handicap okay so the, for the first three weeks they take your average score okay and somehow they factor in the average score of the club to everyone else yeah and then they get your handicap somehow from that and okay so then so then your handicap set for the whole season uh, no, it fluctuates from week to week. Based on how you do yep. those other weeks? Um, yeah, it's always your most your three most recent rounds. Okay, Re- av- every mm-hmm. three. Okay, that seems like a lot of work for whoever. Who runs that these days? That uh, Armetta? Chris Armetta. Yeah. That's he, yeah, he like a runs lot of work. Monday leagues. <laughs> that mm-hmm. seems like a lot of work figuring out. He's got it all on the computer. I okay, think he's got so Excel and he, all that. Okay, and, yeah. Well, that... Yeah, I've been always meaning to do that, and then for some reason I never do. I there's something I love the Saturday morning doubles. So you know, every Saturday morning, ten a.m., you know, you do your, you pay in and you get your random partner, and it's just I I love playing with new people mm-hmm. and getting a chance to do that. Um, and it's an awesome group of guys out there. Like you can't meet a nicer group of people around here. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun sometimes for me to be like the worst guy of the two or mm-hmm. to be the best guy and trying to figure that out or sometimes i've had it where we both were really bad <laughs> and it's like well i guess we donated some money to the club today but um but it's just yeah it's just that re and that saturday morning reason to get up and get going and mm-hmm. it's just really great 
uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to figure out a way to highlight, like, that course, because I don't think people understand quite how special that is for a town like Elwood, mm-hmm. right? A small town to have a 27-hole well-run disc golf course that has, like, amazing tournaments. You know, I played in the Mass County Open recently. I'm playing in the Edge of Insanity coming up. And uh, it, Elwood's tournaments fill up quick. They fill up quick. And we get a lot of people, a lot of guys from out of town that just come on Saturdays and Mondays, come from Noblesville and Kokomo they, just to play in our leagues on Mondays. Exactly. Play our it's a, well, what do you think it is? Well, it's the course. Like, the, the course is, how do you describe, when you're talking to someone about the course, like, I always say, like, it's, very, like, the variety is amazing. Mm-hmm. You got short holes, long holes, technical holes, open holes, uh, but everything... You have to have like a very specific shot. You have to be able to like mm-hmm. make shots. You can't just go out there and wing it, which I think is. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a. It's a short course. Yeah. But it's it's technical. It's yeah. there's some holes out there that can be difficult. Yes. Um, and I just think yeah, the amount of guys I know out there who like, I don't know what else they would be doing. <laughs> like it just gives people a reason like. A camaraderie a group to come together and hang out and you know i was i played with you know blake wiley you know him mm-hmm. that young guy he you know i remember when him and that group of guys they were out there they were like 13 14 years old and they were coming out there when that course for when i before i moved to texas and i was just i'm amazed by those guys um just absolutely uh being able to grow up there can you imagine if when we were 13 we had a place. I mean, I probably would have gotten a little trouble out there if I'm being honest. Oh uh, yeah. But 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 uh, but like the ability to go out there and have that community and when like I know for these kids like they didn't necessarily fit in in traditional sports or they didn't fit in in academics, but they had this place where they and adults took them seriously. Like that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I I'm. I will sing the praises of that club and that course uh, as long as anyone will let me. Um, I mean, for me, like, just like on a Monday, it gives, like, it gives me a chance to go out there and not have to worry about anything. Just unwind for two and a half, three hours. Exactly. Yeah. And because there's no discussion about politics out there, there's yep. no, nobody's a political affiliation out there. You're just all buds. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. And I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because this kind of uh clear your minds this headspace well yesterday i don't know if you saw was world uh mental health day and i think about that as someone who has a mental illness um you know that's obviously really important to me um and disc golf is a large part of that so would you but so i'm thinking of you now and i'm thinking you got five kids you got these five girls you're raising you got this uh you know physically taxing job um like what? What are some things? And disc golf might be part of the answer that you do for your own mental health, just to kind of reset yourself and take care of yourself. I mean, I when I first get home, I go home and I just lay down in bed for like a half hour. Really? Yeah. That's a good practice. And then I get up. I, and everyone kind of knows that's dad's yeah, time. And I play a. Sometimes I'll play a little bit of Call of Duty. Okay. And that's just about it. I yeah. Other than that, I just during this time of year, I don't do much extracurricular stuff you at all. Know. I just go home and because yeah. I'm drained by the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, it's not 
Yeah, it's physically taxing, but it's for me, it's also mentally taxing too because it's just doing the same thing over and over for eight hours and it's, you know, you're going to have to do it again tomorrow. And yeah, so yeah, for sure. But so that rest probably that like little bit of that half hour of just kind of resetting for the evening so mm-hmm. you can be dad and husband, yep. uh, girl, a boyfriend, boyfriend, be boyfriend. You can be, uh, you know, yeah, and you can. And kind of transition into that yeah. as, as a really good tactic, actually. Um, I think it's why a lot of cultures like their, like, afternoon naps, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we always talk, you know, a siesta or whatever. A lot of cultures, um, or even now in our culture, is adjusting to that, um, where you get some sort of break slash, like, recalibration. Uh, it seems really important. So I just wanted to mention that because, yet, yeah, uh, you know, we're recording this on Sunday... Well, I don't even know what today's date is. The 11th? Is that today? Uh, yes, what? I think today's yeah. the 11th. Sunday the 11th, but yesterday the 10th was, um, was yeah, World uh, Mental Health Day. And I, yeah, so that's just something that's important to me. So thanks for sharing that. Well, so I do want to talk about, like I said, I, I wanted, I, I think I told you this before we started recording. I wanted, leading up to the election, to talk to someone who was voting for Trump Someone who was supporting Biden and someone who uh, was doing something else in this in this case or the case coming up will be Joe Jorgensen. But um, with you, so um, you know, I know when I first added you on Facebook when I moved back into town when I first got Facebook, um, it felt it's weird. I felt like I couldn't live in Elwood and not be on Facebook, and that's kind of a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. But to be tapped in, it's so much is happening there, and I wanted to be able to be a part of that. But anyway, so my first strategy, I, I know, you know, you're very open about that and I appreciate that about your support of Trump. So I just wanted to talk to you about kind of your thinking behind that and how you came to that. And so I appreciate you being willing to do that. Um, so how would you kind of classify it? Do you classify yourself as a Republican or a Trump supporter? Or how do you? I wouldn't say I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore Republican. I think I'm a conservative, but, but, I don't think I belong to either side. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's things from the Democratic point of view that I believe in. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm straight, hardcore Republican, but I would lean more to the conservative side. Sure. Where do you think that comes from? Like, where do you think, um, did you have a, try and think back to, you know, when I ran around with Joey and, you know, being around you, like, where did that kind of conservative impulse come from do you think i don't know i don't maybe just surroundings who i surrounded myself with and was your family conservative yeah my my dad's pretty conservative uh-huh but um i don't remember him i don't ever remember hearing my dad discuss politics though at the house and and that's one thing i don't do either i don't discuss really? i don't push my political opinions onto my children yeah but, um, cause they're not, I don't think they're, I mean, my oldest is 11. Yeah. So I don't think not she needs to yeah. worry about it yet anyways. Yeah. What's well, that's, I respect but, that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just developed through, I mean, I straight out of high school working yep. and making my own way. And yeah. I think I've just developed who I, it's made me who I am today and what I believe and what I believe to be right and wrong. And yeah. 
Well, yeah. So that kind of reminds me of. Um, there's this guy. He's this. Uh, I'll probably get it wrong. I think he's a psychologist. He might be a sociologist. Whatever. One of those ologists. And Jonathan Haidt, and he did the. I read this book recently, and it was about the uh, the moral roots of liberals and conservatives. And he kind of maps out. So with uh, I wrote it down just so I wouldn't forget. Liberals often have this innate uh, worry about care and fairness, while conservatives have this like loyalty and authority kind of point of view. And he did these big studies where he just asked people to fill out these questionnaires. And almost everyone that, uh, everyone that considered themselves a conservative or were conservatives had this kind of loyalty, authority perspective. And everyone on the liberal side had this care of fairness. And of course, you know, of course you care about things as a conservative. Mm-hmm. Of course. And of course you care about fairness. And of course, uh, me as a liberal, I, I care about authority actually more than I probably should at times. Uh, but it was just an interesting, it was kind of mind-blowing of like, oh, we're kind of playing different games sometimes mm-hmm. where and i notice that we're like when i'll have discussions with people the where we're talking from the point of view we're talking from is just so just something is skewed you know um but but i appreciate that about you uh because you like you said you have some liberal you connect with some liberal points you're open to your uh your daughters and the girls you're raising um being open to other things. Um, but yeah, so so where does the support... So then how does that translate to support of Trump? What what was the... I think of it like an origin story, you know, like in superheroes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. where uh, where is your origin story as far as being like a Trump supporter? Well, I mean, me personally, I believe that he's a, he's not a career politician. Uh-huh. So, so that was where I believe first he, saw it. Yeah, I believe that he came in without a political agenda. He just saw something that needed fixed. Yeah. The way he thinks that it should be. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's doing it. Yeah. I mean he donates his he donates his salary to charity. Yeah. And I don't always agree with the way he acts and sure. berates himself. Sure, I won't talk about that, but I but yeah. But I mean a lot of that is a lot of that is the media too. Uh-huh. I mean, he he does his part feeding into it. Yeah. If he would just sit back and let that stuff go. Sure, sure. But he feeds into it, and it, I mean, it does make him look worse, but... Yeah. I mean, I do think he's a good person. I think he raised, he raised his kids well. I think his kids are very yeah. well educated and well brought up. So you saw, like, this, man, this like, businessman who had, like, what you saw as good kids, like, well brought up kids... And you're like, and so he was the kind of guy you wanted in there, essentially. Yeah. Um, and he's done great for the economy. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that was one of my questions too. Like, so in this first term, what is what stood out to you, good or bad? Well, he, about uh, what he's done. So economy. He brought jobs back. Uh huh. He. Uh, what's the air conditioning company out of o- Ohio? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Carrier. Yeah. Carrier. Yeah. He brought those jobs, or he kept those jobs from actually going. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's why. Yeah, it was originally going to go to Mexico, as they were trying to move, and then that I'll fact check that. But <laughs> uh, he's been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for, that's true. and I think, like from your from a liberal's perspective, like they see stuff on 
CNN that they, uh-huh. like they see how he's portrayed. Yeah. And the bad outweighs the good. Sure. But from like a conservative's point of view. Yeah. The good outweighs the bad. Yeah. So here's my, so just, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to throw my two cents in very much, but so here's the thing. And I posted this on Facebook and I was having some great conversations around it is I start out with when I meet someone. So, so I'm chit chatting with you. I'm like re-meeting you, reconnecting with you. I'm looking, my first thing I'm thinking about is, is this a good person? Are they kind? Are they respectful? Are they honest? Like you, or, you know, when I'm meeting a potential boss or a potential whatever. I, uh, same way with the president, presidential candidate. Are they a good, what I consider my values and most people's values, I would say kind, honest, respectful, good person. And if the answer is no, then I move on and look for someone else. If the answer is yes, then I start exploring, well, do they have policies that match me? Do they blah, blah, blah. And that's where I start. But it seems like, because you even mentioned like, you don't like the way he acts. So that's what I see is I see a guy like a guy who loves to interrupt, a guy who, which, you know, a guy who isn't the most honest, you know, we can all admit that, lies about some things. And, uh, and that's where I'm out. So I'm just trying to understand the perspective of where you're in, you know, uh, where you're in was. And it sounds like what you were talking about was uh, the pers- the man you saw as like, yeah, you talked about raising family, which is important to you, about the way he works, which is important to you. Those those kind of, it kind of goes back to that thing I was talking about with Jonathan Haidt, was loyalty and authority, like this uh, tradition, right? Values and the traditional values. Um, so I appreciate, I, I totally, I'm beginning to see that even more clearly. I mean, I just, I try not to feed into everything I see on the news anymore. Sure, yeah. And because I think I read somewhere where, like seventy percent of Americans now have some kind of distrust with the media. Yep. To some degree. Yeah. And and where do you fall in on that? Where do you get your news from? I mean, I. I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't watch mainstream media too often anymore. I do watch Tucker Carlson on you like Fox Tucker, News. Tucker Carlson. Why is that so hard to say? But, Tucker um, Carlson. Other than that, I don't really. And what draws you? Tucker. I believe a lot of what he says yeah. to be right. And he doesn't, to me, he doesn't sound like he's calling it one way or another. Okay. I mean, it just sounds so real coming from him. Yeah. Like he's not, he's not trying to persuade you to think one way or another. He's yeah. just calling it how he sees it. Uh huh. Which is similar to what you said about Trump. Right, you mm-hmm. kind of you like that about Trump as well. I know people. Yeah. That's the thing that a lot of people. So there's something about this uh, calling it like you see it coming from the outside, like not being. Yeah, don't, don't. Be just be honest. Yeah, with people. Um, and honest in terms of like the way you feel and the way you see the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, is there anything? else in that first term that has stood out to you either good or bad that you've been Um, that you've been i mean i think i think the korea thing's a big deal like he's bringing diplomacy to north and south korea trying to make that connection with for the first time in 70 years yeah he had north and south korea leaders shaking hands yeah 
Yeah. I mean that he he had a big part to do with that. Yeah. Um, but a, a lot of that too is, I mean, Trump pretty much taking the. I'm not going to take any. Can I say shit? Yeah. I'm you not going to take not. any shit from you. Yeah, yeah. You're going to do it this way, and that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but. And I know some people don't agree with him. Why are we even getting in their affairs in the first place? But sure. But well, I mean, we always have foreign relations. But if people are posing policy. a threat to us, then we should yeah. take it seriously. Yeah. Um, for sure. Which remind so something posing a threat to us taking seriously, coronavirus. How do you think he's handled the? How do you feel about the way that that's all been handled? Especially in light of recent events with, I think own. that, which I don't get. I don't get during the debate why Biden was saying that he's mishandled it because he left most of the decision making up to the governors. Sure. To govern. And wasn't Pence their, the leader each of the task force? State. Pence was also the leader of a task force. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Um, so I think a lot. Yeah. The he's yeah. But I mean, he stopped all foreign travel from China. Hmm. And then, I mean, they started calling him a racist for that. Sure. But then they said he didn't do it soon enough. And I just feel like they contradict themselves. Yeah. But as far as the way he has handled it. Uh, I think is, he's done about as, I think he's done about as good a job as anybody in his position. Yeah. Because he can't do it. The president do can't do everything. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I have a lot of sympathy there. I think that's a good point is, um, you know, you can say like, well, a Biden administration would have done it this way. It's like, okay, well, great. But you didn't actually do it. Like it wasn't, it's the difference between policy and practice. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I agree with you there. I do have some sympathy there. And I think, I think a lot of people just want to try and get back to some form of normalcy in their life and not be scared of this virus. We're thing. all, we're all, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we can be united in that. Uh, I mean, me personally, I'm not like, I'm not afraid of, I trust my immune system. Yeah. I'm not afraid of, yeah, I'm young, I'm healthy. healthy. I'm not a, and the coronavirus kill uh, the average death age is like what? 74 or 60. It's it's in in the sixties or seventies. Yeah. Yeah. And most of those people already had underlying conditions. So, I mean, I do believe the seriousness seriousness of it i wouldn't want Mm -hmm. to contract it and give it to my grandmother yes but i also haven't been like i i'll go over there and see her but i don't i haven't hugged her in oh yeah months just because i don't know that i didn't just contract it at the gas station and yep to bring it right into her house you know yeah yeah um i you know i i feel you there you know i it was a real bummer because so I didn't hug my, my grandpa passed away at the end of July. And so I didn't hug my grandpa the last, was that four months of his life? And that, and you know, I got to see him regularly, kind of through the window or through, cause he's at the assisted living. And those are the things I'm like, that those, that's the heartbreaking. Or like, I met someone who like, whose dad died of COVID and she couldn't be in the room, you know? And those kind of moments are, so taking it yeah we but we can take it serious in our sense of in our due diligence and the little ways i think there's a lot to say of the little ways like you're saying you're the 
being mindful of where you, you could be carrying it and being with people who um, are susceptible to it. Um, do you think, too, it's different in being in a small town? I do. Because, like, moving from a city, like, I, I can imagine, I know from my friends who are still in, like, Austin or other, and, like, friends who live in New York or whatever, it's way different here, right? Aren't we kind of already socially yeah, isolated? We, We're already social distancing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I mean, I've been to, I can imagine... I've never lived in a bigger city like that, yeah, but yeah. I can imagine. I mean, I'm sure the way of life there is different than the way we live, yeah. too. Yeah. So. Well, even just the way geographically, like your the way, like, when you walk out your door, like, even if you live in town, like, you live in town, right? Uh, like, when you walk outside, you're not immediately, you know, like, at someone's in someone's face like yeah. in you know in cities a lot of apartment living a lot of shared spaces a lot of well i read somewhere in new york a million people live above the live above the seventh floor and above a million people live one million people in new york live in the seventh story or higher so, so there's just so a million people are living 75 feet off the ground yes <laughs> um uh yeah well and so then you think of so that means they're all crammed into these spaces and they all have shared you know they all and you know they do a lot of public play a lot of public places for other things in your life because you live in this tiny apartment right um versus i'm here in a three-bedroom house you know i can move around so uh yeah that's a really good point so yeah, so what's going on now as you, from your perspective uh, with, you know, Trump got c- contracted COVID, was in the hospital for a little bit, and now he's out, and has he had a negative test yet? Do we know? I don't know. I have Yeah, I, I don't know if I got a thing on my phone. I didn't really read it. I just looked at it, and but it said, it started to say something about President Trump test something, so... Yo, well, you can feel free if you want to look at it. I can't. I, I, oh. oh, yeah, you you turned it off. That's okay. Um, I was just curious because, you know, there's been a lot of criticism around the way he's kind of handled his own case. And I was just wondering from a supporter's perspective what how you're viewing that because I think we view things differently, right? So I where I might see it as like, well, I would probably keep quarantining, but he's like back on the job, back out doing things. You know, he's going to mm-hmm. do a rally next week. And um, uh, how do you feel? How how do you feel about that? I mean, I haven't personally. I don't. I haven't had COVID. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know anybody like really close to me that's had it either. So I can't mm-hmm. say. Sure. I mean, I've heard from both people. I've heard from. I've heard from people with COVID that have said, been on both sides of the fence about it. Uh-huh. Hey, this is serious. No, it's not that bad. I just had the sniffles for a few days. Sure. But it affects I mean, everybody differently. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the the common flu affects yeah. men differently than it does women. Sure. That makes sense. And um, so I don't know. I don't know if he's, if he didn't take it seriously enough or did, I don't really... I just worry about, like, if he's still positive, if he still has it, and now he's, like, around, he's, like, out and about, and he's going to yeah. go do the... That makes... That 
and that is something that again you're talking about media spin that's gonna get spun as he doesn't give a shit or you know and i mean me personally i think if he if he still felt like he could spread it to people he wouldn't so you trust in his decision making yes. in that okay yeah no that that makes sense um that's okay yeah uh well so we i think we talked about most of this um oh one thing i did want to talk to you about is do you ever well like so i i'm a reluctant biden voter i'll be a reluctant biden voter because he i don't want biden either but i so i feel like i'm voting against someone versus for someone right i'm voting against trump versus voting for someone Mm -hmm. um i think that's how a lot of people who are voting the other way feel too who are voting for trump they're actually voting against biden yeah because and i think a lot of the 2016 election was yeah were you how did you feel in 2016 2016 i did not want hillary clinton in office (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it was more of a that was more of a vote against Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Than it was pro Trump. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a mess where we're. I I want to. I'm a really positive person, so I I want to vote for someone. Like I want to be like yeah. I keep having this moment where I'm like waiting. I was like watching the the debate, and I was like waiting on the moment to click where like I really clicked his button, and it never happened, and so. So I envy you for, like, you have someone you want to vote for. Mm-hmm. And, but... I mean, just to me, I just think... Sorry for interrupting. I just you're think fine. That, Please do. I think he's... For me, personally, he's done enough in four years to warrant another... Another four, four years. years. Yeah. Uh, sure. And so, yeah, that was one of my, like, uh, what makes you want to vote for him again. So you've seen what he's done, and... You know, you see what he's done, and then you want to see four more years of it. That makes sense. So, yeah, but I just, yeah, so this kind of, two, this two-party thing is really bumming me out, uh, this voting against someone versus voting for someone. I mean, uh, I, I really... I just wanted to put that out there. I really want to vote for Rainwater for governor, libertarian. Oh, yeah, governor. yeah. I am really on the fence about that, but... Um, I just, I don't want to be one of those that flips and then the person who I definitely don't want winning ends up winning because the party got split. Because I hear a lot of Republicans are wanting to jump away from Holcomb this year and start voting for a Libertarian. But maybe at a smaller level, does that person, Rainwater, have a chance to win? Versus like Joe Jorgensen doesn't have a chance to win. No. The presidential election. But I mean, the presidential takes. I mean, it takes money. Yeah, but well, so that's what I'm saying. Party has to have money, and we only, unfortunately, we only have two parties that. Yeah. Are ever in the running for it? Yeah. Um, well, that's one of my questions when I talk to uh, my libertarian voter is going to be, how do you reconcile essentially throwing away your vote in a very important election and a very divisive election? Because you're just not, but where, yeah, like what my point with the rainwater thing is, he could win, probably, at a, at a smaller, like a smaller local, or mm-hmm. like state level, he could win, so that, that 
if that's where your heart's going, I would say go for it because you're not, I don't think you're letting, it's different than if, if I vote for a random person. There's also, I looked at my ballot, there's like five people, six people on the presidential ballot in Indiana. And I'm like, it's like Trump, yeah. Biden, Jorgensen, and like people who don't even have little pictures next to their name. <laughs> and I'm like, who's voting for that person? And wh- like, why? So that's just interesting to me. I don't know if you ever think about that kind of stuff. And if, I mean, if, I think they, because I think now more than ever, people's political affiliation is getting more divided. Yep. You're either far left liberal or far right conservative, it seems like. And there's no in between. But I mean, in reality, we're all more alike than... Mm-hmm. I mean, we had great discussions on trivia and disc golf. And yeah, yep. I mean, we may not agree politically, but we have yeah. we have stuff in common. Well, even politically, there were a couple times I said, oh, I, I see that. Or you said, like, you had some, uh, there are some Democratic views that you can agree with or that you like. Uh, but so that's, but how come we're not, there's something going on where we're not, we even feel timid in saying that. Me, like, when I told people, like, oh, I'm having, you know, Michael's going to come and we're going to talk about Trump, and everyone was like, oh. And I'm like, no, like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Like, uh, where we're even afraid to even say, like, oh, I see Trump made a good point there. Or, oh, that thing Biden said, like, why are we afraid? Because it is so divided. I think we're, Mm -hmm. we feel like we're abandoning our team. We're like, our team's going to, like, look down on us. And it seems like, it seems like everybody, like it's hard to, everybody discusses stuff over face, over social media now. Yeah. And it's hard to really like grasp how a person is saying something, reading it on a computer. Like you, you could read it one way, like they're, I don't know if I'm making sense, like their tone of voice. Yeah, sure. It, the tone of their voice in their head, like they can mean it totally different. Uh-huh. Like it would come out totally different in person as it would yeah. the person reading it. Because if they're already feeling like they're in an argument with somebody, then they're just going to automatically assume that you're being hostile towards them. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, it, totally. And I think, too, what it does is like when you post something, if you post like a meme, right, about some, you know, the one that drives me, not that you've done this, you might have, but like the one that I've seen a lot of people posting is the one where it's like, and this is a, oh, you wouldn't have posted this, but uh, it's like Hitler and Trump, and then it says like all the things they have in common. I'm putting air quotes around that. And it's like very different context and very, um, uh, and and so when, when we're doing that, then we're just, we're not giving the whole picture or the whole context and the whole kind of discussion. It's just like Trump equals Hitler. And I was like, well, that's not productive at all. No, that, and I mean, there's really no. And it seems a little offensive to all the Jews that were murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's really no educated reasoning behind comparing the two. Uh, no. Uh, no, I, I mean, there's some good discussions to have. You know, he bashes the media and Hitler did do similar things, but we can talk about that. But we, when you just do it like, that's why I, uh, I want to start a, a nonpartisan 
uh, Instagram account that's called Fuck Your Memes. And it's, I just, like, take apart, like, take memes and then, like, take them apart and, like, talk about why this isn't helpful. Because <laughs> every time I see, I just, I'm not a meme guy. And it just, it, uh, especially, like, serious memes. I'm not talking about, like, funny memes or, you know, like, uh, I saw the one with Pence with the fly on his head. And it said, I'm a pretty fly on a white guy. Yeah. Like, that's fun. Like, that's just nice. <laughs> like, that's just, we need that. Um, and either way you can look at that. It's fine. But when it's like these ones that are just like, this is why, whatever, this terrible thing. And it's like a sentence and it's like, well, that's, it's not opening up anything for me. So, um, but uh, sorry, I started ranting, uh, about hating memes. Uh, because what we're talking about though is this idea of divisiveness and you and I have, I think I remember an exchange we had on Facebook about we both could agree that we wanted more unity, that things shouldn't be so divisive. So I wonder, um, how do we do that? Like, what can you and I do to make it le- to like? I th- this conversation might be one way to do it on a small level, but what else can we do on our small small town level? I think just you get to just get to know people on a personal level yeah. again, as far as interacting in person like it's nothing for me to tell Kayla hey I'm I'm going to the gas station get Red Bull or something drink whatever I'll be back and then come back 20 minutes later because I ran into somebody and I just sat there and had a chit chat for 20 minutes that's nice but that's something I enjoy I like talking to people yeah yeah running into people and I'd sit there and talk to them yeah uh how, how can we do that on Facebook how can how can because we are on there so much like, and I'm not I say Facebook I also mean Instagram and all the other things that the kids do that I have no idea what they are, um, uh, but how can we? I've been having some productive conversations. Do you feel like you have productive conversations on there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's about being not reactive. What do you think? Like not react like, fuck you, <laughs> you know like. Uh, as a response, a good response to a post is not "fuck you." Yeah, I think um, I think people are a lot more touchy. Or nowadays, it seems like people get more offended by more things. Yeah, but are they doing that in real mm. life? That's my question. That the gas station conversation—if that gas station run-in happened online—would it be more because your post is there and their post is there, and you're you're Versus when I just I run into you at the gas station, it's just two dudes at the gas station. Well, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's people feel more comfortable doing like expressing their opinions over social media uh-huh. than out in public or yeah. So they just feel more comfortable doing it that way. Yeah, and then it turns into a more argumentative conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you don't, I mean, I wouldn't run into somebody at the gas station and sit there and talk about the election for 20 minutes. It's usually, hey, how you doing? Sure. How's the kids? How's the wife? How's work? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so more holistic view of life. Um, yeah, for sure. So before, I'm going to let you go here in a sec, but uh, I do, can I, do you mind sharing something? Because I keep thinking of when you said, I love the thing that you said about there are things about the Democratic Party um, that 
you agree with, would you mind sharing one of those? I think that would be helpful just to hear what's something that maybe Biden has said or you've seen in the past or maybe from the Obama administration that you're like, this this works for me. I mean, I think I would like for the legalization of marijuana. Yeah. I support the legalization of marijuana, which is some people would consider more of a liberal idea. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um. What? I just think I think the medicinal benefits of marijuana far outweigh the negatives that uh-huh. have been that we've been told for I mean ever since it's been grossly mischaracterized. Yes, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've seen I've seen far more people suffer from alcohol use than marijuana yeah, or opioids. Yes, especially around here. Yeah. Um, and all the state, all the states that have legalized it recre- recreationally, have seen a tremendous drop in opioid, opioid overdoses. Yep. And to speak back to what you're talking about with the with Trump, with the economy, also a boost in economy. Yes, I think see a lot of uh, boost in that, which is also a good thing. Well, that's great. Thank you for saying. I know. Yeah. Again, that's I wanted to like give you the chance to do the thing that we were talking about, where you can kind of talk across um um i don't i'm i wouldn't say i'm pro-life but i'm not pro-choice either okay like i don't i don't believe that it should be like abortion i don't believe it should be a cop-out for an irresponsible decision that a person made i believe if you were responsible enough to make the decision yeah to conceive a child that you should own up to it and but I mean, if a woman is sexually assaulted, raped, or yep. and there's a pregnancy as a result of that, I believe yeah. she should be allowed to terminate it if she wants. Sure. And uh, there's other medical circumstances. That... Of course. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think those are those are all good. Um, well, we're talking about this idea of unity, and I think we can all come around on certain things like that where we can unite. Um, uh, weed has been a good uniting factor for many people, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, both conceptually and literally. Um, well, anyway, so uh, last thing, Michael, uh, that I wanted to I ask everyone is, what's something uh, that you wish for Elwood? So in the next five or ten years, something that you think Elwood would be good for Elwood, and people have said specific things, conceptual things, whatever. Um, what, what's something you just wish for Elwood? As someone who's lived here so long. I would like to see, I don't know, maybe another factory come to town, give more people an opportunity to work. Yeah. That want to work. And they don't have to take that, that factory work I out. Mean, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of people in Elwood, whether it's their fault or not, that live under some form of government assistance. Uh-huh. And that that's nothing against them. I don't... I don't judge. I don't know why you are or why you aren't. But if it's because you can't find a job, then I would like to see more jobs available yeah. to people that want to work. Because I do know there are people that I do know people that look for work and can't find it. Yeah. But I also know people that become dependent on the system. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that's great. More and for me, somebody who gets up at six o'clock every morning to go to work and it, it's frustrating sure but, i i can understand that 
Um, I can understand. You work very hard. You you have pl- quote unquote played the game right, and so then uh, there I I can understand the frustration, but I appreciate your uh, empathy and understanding that everyone's journey is a little different. Uh, but I do think you're right. I think an, an, one more thing like that factory or even I mean something's gotta you think something's gotta replace Kmart like I don't think a Walmart would ever come here I don't think I want a Walmart here but something like that I mean we had Dollar Tree but that's not huge you know like something like I'm sure something's gonna go in there eventually yeah what's what's gonna go in there I was I I want a Goodwill I think a Goodwill would be good I think a Goodwill would be good because we need it uh you know I think Goodwill is I've heard some things. I don't have done enough research to comment on it either way uh, about their practices. But the concept of Goodwill, uh, kind of a big store like that, you know, gives people affordable access to clothing and other items, gives jobs. It uh, and it would and it would like fit in that space. Well, um, that's what I've been thinking about. Like, what goes in that space? Because I'm sick of seeing these empty spaces. You know, um, but, I think it's. I think. Kids around here need more recreational stuff yeah. to do too. Yeah, well, especially as someone stuff for kids to do around here. Yeah, you're you're raising five girls under the age of eleven, so they're going to start heading into that. I need stuff to do outside the house, and I mean that's just a show of change in times too. Like when we were kids, yeah, there were a hundred kids in every neighborhood who played outside mm-hmm. every day. Whether yep. we were play, and it was usually till the street lights came on. Yeah, you didn't even want to come in for dinner half the time. Now, yeah, I mean, I can't get my girls to go outside. Sometimes it's all about the tablets. And... Mm. Yeah, that is tricky. Um, I do not envy that as a non-parent. Uh, well, because yeah, I remember too. Like we've talked, I've talked about this several times with people on this podcast. Uh, I don't know if you ever went the the cove, the pool hall. Mm-hmm. And they had punk shows out there. And that was just like, that was a saving grace for my teenage years. That's where I went every Friday and Saturday. Shot pool, saw bands, hung out with my friends. My parents knew where I was at. And I was out, you know. Uh, and that was, but there's like, I guess the bowling alleys. But I don't want to, yeah, like, I don't know. So, uh, well, anyways, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, I know I've been, I ramble sometimes, so. Oh uh, yeah, once I start to get talking, I can talk forever too, but I don't know if there's if there's anything else you can think of. No, I just, that was, you know, I like in there, but I also like to give folks a chance if there's something they wanted to say or talk about. Uh, well, Michael, down the hour, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, I'll, yeah, let's play around the discs soon. All right, awesome. All right.